Likutei Sichais, Chelek Yud Zayin, Parshas Tazria, Sicha Gimel. The Torah portion of Tazria continues the discussion of Tumah, impurity, and Tahara, purity. Tzarat, a super-rational plague, not to be misunderstood as leprosy, can afflict a person's body or home, showing up as white or pink patches. Tzaras was a spiritual consequence of speaking Lashon Hara, idle talk about another. In the discussion of Tzaras in chapter 13, Perak Yud Gimel, in verse 46, Posuk Memvav, we read, Kol yimei asher hanega all the days that the disease is upon him in present, the person shall be impure, and in that state of impurity shall dwell apart, in a dwelling outside the camp. Our sages conclude from this verse that the dwelling where the Mitzora is, is also impure. The Mishnah, in the section of Negaim, teaches that if an afflicted person enters someone's home, the vessels in the home immediately become impure. And Rabbi Yehuda says that they become impure if he's there for as much time as required to prepare the lighting of a lamp. The commentaries explain the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda as relevant in the event that he entered someone's home without permission. Otherwise, if someone afflicted entered another's home with permission, the home becomes considered as his and is immediately rendered impure. Hence, it's determined that the duration of time it takes to prepare a lamp for lighting is sufficient for the homeowner to ask the afflicted Mitzorah to leave his home. But if the afflicted person is in someone's home for some time and is not asked to leave or removed, the home becomes like his dwelling because it's as though he has received express permission to be there and the vessels in the house then become impure. The determined time is the time it takes to prepare a lamp for lighting. Because one's busyness with preparing a lamp for lighting would prevent him from removing the Mitzorah who had entered his home without permission, and thus that's the time factor given for removing the Mitzorah. Everything in Torah is specific and intentional, and thus if from all types of domestic chores that might keep a homeowner engaged, the one chosen in halacha is the, prepare, the preparing of lamps to create light. It's understood that there's a connection between the lighting of lamps and the time given for removing a matzorah before the vessels in one's home become defiled. Particularly, as it isn't the actual lighting of the lamps that's referred to here, as we see the Rosh explains this Mishnah saying, at times one is involved in lighting the lamps or in another task. As well, the usual time for preparing a lamp for lighting is when it's dark. And this time frame for preparing a lamp is also used to determine defilement if this occurs during the day. So there has to be some connection between this idea of lighting a lamp or a candle of creating light and the Mishnaic teaching that until the lamps are finished being prepared for lighting, the vessels in the house are not rendered impure. My father, says the Rebbe, in his notes on this Mishnah, in the section of Negaim, explains that bias a home is spheris hamalchus, the sphere of sovereignty, and that the reason for the impurity of a mitzorah is because the light of the sphere of chachma, wisdom, has departed, rendering the mitzorah as though lifeless, considered dead, because chachma, wisdom, is a force of life. And so, so long as the homeowner is involved with creating light, 
drawing down the light of intellect, the impurity of the Mitzvah cannot spread into the space. And, like the purification process, the declaration of a Mitzvah returning to a state of purity specifically depends on the Kohen, who in spiritual terms draws the light of Chochmah, wisdom, down. The application of the rendering of impurity is specifically after the time it takes to prepare the lamps. This law, that the Mitzvah renders impure, after the time frame of how long it takes to prepare lamps for lighting, begs the following question. Even if the homeowner is busy with preparing the lamps for lighting, it's not that huge of an effort. It's completely possible to simultaneously instruct the Mitzvah to leave his house. The answer that is given for this is that the time frame for the time of lighting the candles isn't actually regular time. It's actually talking about the time of lighting Shabbos candles, when one can't pause to tell the Mitzvah to leave because there is so much to be done. So the amount of time that would be considered on a Friday as necessary for preparing candles for lighting becomes the amount of time allowed on every other day. And, as my father explains it, says the Rebbe, the reason the time lit is the time it takes to prepare the lighting of candles, during which time the impurity of the Mitzvah cannot impact, must then mean that the power that withholds the impurity of the Mitzvah is actually the Shabbos lights, because that is the source of the time limit for lighting. The explanation is as follows. The Mishnah isn't talking about the impurity of the Mitzvah specifically, but rather of the impurity of the Mitzvah as it impacts and spreads through the house, hence the particular connection to Shabbos lights, as the lights of Shabbos are different to other candlelight. The lights of Friday night are for the purpose of shalom bayis, of peace in the home, lighting up a home so that no one stumbles over a stick, over a branch, or a stone, protecting the home dwellers from undesirable events occurring, protecting the home as well from the spread of impurity. But we might then ask, the light that supports shalom bayis, peace in the home, is physical light. So wouldn't any light, not just the light of a mitzvah, prevent a person stumbling over something and thus enhance peace in the home? What then is the particular attribute of Friday night candlelighting that uniquely prevents the spread of impurity, the opposite of peace? In truth, though, random light unconnected to a mitzvah isn't a sure thing, not a sure path to peace. Sometimes, in fact, the opposite may be true. Light can reveal something we don't like or can't tolerate about a person, and instead of bringing peace, it brings the opposite. Only real light, the light of a mitzvah, mitzvah is a candle and Torah is light, and the entire Torah was given to bring peace into the world, can, bring, can be our bringer to peace, to unity and to peace in the home. This explains the connection of the holy Shabbos candles and the prevention of spreading any impurity in a home. The fact that the time limit of preparing and lighting a flame is the lodestone for the impurity of a mitzvah tells us that preventing this severe impurity has a particular connection to the holy Shabbos candles. We could say simply that one of the causes for tzarat is speaking idle and evil talk against another, something that causes a separation between people. And therefore, repairing this breach is specifically through the lights of the Shabbos candles, 
whose purpose is shalom bias peeps in the home, as we mentioned. To understand this idea on a deeper internal level, we must first understand the teaching of our sages in the tractate of Shabbos, that one who busies himself with the Shabbos candles will bear sons who are Torah scholars. Rashi explains this saying, that the teaching in Mishlei that states a candle is a mitzvah and Torah is the light, refers to the mitzvah of candle lighting of Shabbos and Hanukkah that bring the light of Torah. This tells us that though the candle of a mitzvah means every mitzvah, that through every mitzvah that a Jew does, he is filled with light and his surroundings are filled with light, nevertheless mitzvahs connected to actual physical light have an advantage over all other mitzvahs where the idea of light is just spiritual. With other mitzvahs, because the mitzvah candle is only a spiritual light, there is no physical impact of light in the world. But the mitzvah of Shabbos lights and the lights of Hanukkah are connected to physical light, and thus the impact of the spiritual light is revealed in the physical world. This helps us understand the lesson in the Talmud in the tractate of Shabbos regarding the miracle of the westernmost candelabra in the temple from which all candelabras were lit. It is testimony, the Talmud tells us, that God's presence lives amongst Israel. One might say there were many miracles in the temple, as the Mishnah in Avais teaches. There were ten miracles that occurred for our fathers in the temple. Why then is the miracle of the westernmost candelabra highlighted among all the miracles as the testimony that God's presence dwells among Israel? And more than that, the place of the menorah is in the Heichal, in the temple sanctuary, an inner sanctum that was not a place where all could enter and see, while the other ten miracles were a part of and a constant in the temple court or outside even of the temple court in Jerusalem. These were thus certainly better known amongst the people. How then was the miracle of the westernmost candelabra in the sanctuary, from which every candle was lit, testimony to all that the divine presence dwells among Israel? The explanation, as we said, is that because the divine light of the westernmost candelabra created actual physical light, its impact was greater in illuminating the physical world than the impact of the other miracles in the temple. And so this miracle affected a testimony that caused others to recognize that God's presence rests among us. Accordingly, it's also understood that there's a special quality in the candles of Shabbos Kedish, of the Holy Shabbos. We say that the Torah was given to affect peace in the world. The entire Torah affects peace, but this peace is a spiritual experience. However, the lights of the Shabbos candles affect actual physical peace and thus have a stronger impact. One of the explanations for this verse, that the entire Torah was given to make peace in the world, is that the reality of this world is godliness. As the Altareb explains at length in Shar HaYechad Be'amunah and Tanya, that the world exists only because God constantly creates the world from moment to moment, from ayin, nothing, to yesh, something. It's only because this divine power and energy is concealed that we see world and not God. 
And we might even think that this world has no master, God forbid. And therein lies the purpose and intention of a candle is a mitzvah and its light is the Torah. Through one's study of Torah and fulfillment of mitzvahs, the world becomes illuminated, as in the parable and explanation given in the Midrash Rabbah regarding the experience of Avraham, our forefather, who was told, Lech Lecha, go from his home. The parable of a traveler who came across a house, a palace, thinking it had no master, and the owner of the home appearing and saying, I am the owner of this home. Avraham could then see the truth, as can we when a mitzvah illuminates the world, that there is a master to this universe, and ultimately we are able to see that there is none but God. This is the point of the verse the Torah was given to make peace in the world. In other words, the reason that Torah was given in this lowly domain was in order to create a peace between this world and God so that man can see that the world doesn't negate godliness and in fact its purpose is to become a dwelling for God through the Torah and divine service of man. This same quality exists in the uniqueness of the Shabbos lights. Their very achievement is ever more intense peace in the world, peace between world and godliness, where godliness can be recognized and observed as the essential reality of the world. This happens through the mitzvah of Shabbos lights more than through other mitzvahs as, in, as is taught in the Holy Zohar. So we can then conjecture that the inner intention for the explanation for this mitzvah, that no one stumble over a stone or over a stick, is alluding to the verse, they say to the tree, you are my father, and to the rock, you bore me, the idea of a turning a tree or a rock into an idol to worship. The tree and rock, before becoming illuminated through the Shabbos lights, can at times cause a person to stumble, God forbid, to think that these things have an existence of their own, a power even of their own, to the extent that a man would call upon a tree and say, my father, and a stone and say, you bore me, a true experience of idol worship. But through the illumination of the lights of Shabbos, a mitzvah candle that affects peace in the world, through illumination of the physical world, we can prevent one stumbling over that tree or stone. The light makes it possible to see that the tree, that the stick and the stone, just like every created thing in this world, is here because of the master of the universe and is put here to be used for holiness. Accordingly, we can understand the special connection between the, between the purity of the impurely afflicted person and the holy lights of Shabbos. The defilement of a Mitzayra is of the worst and most severe impurities, which is why the Mitzayra must leave the camp and be isolated, not only from the innermost camp, but from all three encampments, so that no other person becomes defiled by him, even someone who may already be impure, but is allowed to be within an encampment. In other words, the Mitzorah must be completely removed from any of the holy camps in Israel. The reason for this is because the sin that causes saras, idle talk, Lashon Hara, is so severe that it causes, as Maimonides describes it, for one to speak against God 
and completely deny God, bringing one to be cut off from God. To prevent this level of impurity from spreading, we need the lights of Shabbos candles because of their intense impact on the physical world, capable of preventing a person from stumbling over a stick or a stone, preventing one from stumbling and following idolatrous ways, God forbid. As my father explains, says the Rebbe, that the idea of lighting the Friday night candles is like a purification of the Mitzorah by the Kohen. It can also elucidate this idea. The power of Shabbos candles is not only in that they prevent the spread of the impurity of the Mitzorah, but in addition, they have the power to keep the vessels in the home pure from the impurity of the Mitzorah. Similarly, purification through the Kohen resembles a transformation from darkness to light, transforming sins to merits, where the isolation, which is a negative, can become a positive. The theme of the verses in the Torah portion of Balak, they are a nation that dwells apart, a reflection of the modesty of the nation of Israel, and in the Torah portion of Zotabracha, Israel dwelt in safety alone, a description of the ultimate blessing. This is true, too, of the darkness of exile, particularly this terribly dense darkness of this generation of redemption. It will, too, through the light of holy Shabbos candles, be illuminated and the darkness banished. More than that, the candles will bring us to redemption and to the rebuilding of the temple when we will witness the lights of Zion and the very darkness of exile will transform to light and night will be lit up like day. From all of this, we can understand that in this time, when the darkness of the world is so terribly dense and so huge, it's particularly important for every Jewish woman and girl to light Shabbos candles. Even in communities where a young girl doesn't customarily light Shabbos candles until her wedding and depends on the mitzvah performed by her mother, it's important that she begins to light candles soon as she can understand the mitzvah of candle lighting. And these Shabbos lights, with the blessings made over them, will illuminate her life and remind her that, as she says in the blessing, God is the Melech Olam, the king of the universe, giving her assurance that when she marries, she will, as the mainstay of the Jewish home, merit to build and establish the Jewish home on the foundation of Torah and mitzvahs. Another important reason for all Jewish girls to light candles is, as mentioned earlier, the merit through this mitzvah for children and sons-in-law who are Torah scholars. Once, parents determined a daughter's match, and so a mother's prayer at candle lighting was so essential for her daughter's marriage. But today, for different reasons, girls are more involved in the decisions regarding their matches, and so her candle lighting and her mitzvah candle that a girl lights herself will bring her merit to find a husband who is a Torah scholar. In today's day and age, even in religious homes, where parents say isn't always the deciding factor for a mature girl, it's super important that effort is made that as early as possible, soon as a child reaches the age of education for this mitzvah of candle lighting, she begins to light candles every Shabbos and every holiday. This strengthens her staunchness in Torah and the merit to bring her up to Torah to Chuppah and to good deeds and to be married to a Torah scholar.